members of the OG army get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Good afternoon, and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. It is Wednesday, June 10th, and I am two goddamn minutes late because delivery is a joke. <laughs> Should have went with DiGiorno. Alrighty, I see the uh, OG armies forming up in the chat box. Always good to see you guys there. Uh, tell us about your delivery problems. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. So I just, I ordered some food. They're supposed to be here oh, about 40 minutes ago. Just showed up mm. literally like 30 seconds ago. These things um, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, until recently I was doing a lot of uh, ordering food uh, since we were trying to avoid uh, leaving the house. And uh, as we mentioned, as I mentioned before, uh, uh, delivery depend a lot of it depends on where you're getting it from. Uh it doesn't as not not really the restaurant, but like the area that the restaurants around. Because uh, I found service varies uh, vastly depending on where you get it from. The only thing, so like with a lot of these sites and everything that you you know you do delivery through, the one thing that's kind of irritating is you tip up front. Yeah, like I wish I could change that. So like you show up forty <laughs> minutes late because you're dicking around. Like yeah, I'm not gonna give you fifteen bucks for the delivery. Right, I know exactly what you're saying. That's funny that you mentioned that. So let's go ahead and go into our first uh, topic of the day right off the bat because, let me pull up my good old notepad, uh, Instacart is changing its policies. Apparently, uh, some of the customers are accused of tip baiting. Um, see, uh, I guess the way it works with many, like many of these delivery services uh, with Instacart, which is like a, a shopping thing, uh, you put how much you're going to tip up front. Uh, however, Instacart is unique or maybe not unique. I'm not sure how this stuff works in that their shoppers pick and choose their orders. So a order with a big tip is more appealing. It's more likely to get picked up by the shopper and filled sooner. Uh, so, but what has been happening is the, these people would wait until they got their delivery and then dramatically reduce or eliminate the tip entirely. Yeah. Those people can suck balls. Right. It's it's a weird way to do a service, by the way, that the shopper the shoppers just pick out the orders that they want to do. You would think they would just go and order that the the uh service receive them. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that's a dick thing to do. Uh, and I guess they're gonna, you know, take measures to uh make it so that's less likely to happen. Uh for instance, uh yeah, I think you have to wait like a, a day or two before you can reduce the tip and you have to leave a comment as to why you you uh reduce the tip. Uh, rather than just you know you know ladder you know layer laterally doing it um and they also say they will ban uh, people that uh reduce the tip dramatically multiple times <clears throat> well yeah that's the way to do it like it, it's understandable that you tip up front on these things and that the drivers can see so if you think about the drivers right they need to make the decision are they going to drive like 20 minutes round trip to go do an order that they're only going to make two bucks on versus an order they're going to make 20 bucks on. Right, like, right. They should know those things up front. The problem is, is then when you have shit service, you don't really have a way to, to go back on it. So yeah, I can understand exactly. what they're saying. They just need to properly do it. And the fact that, yes, you can still reduce a tip, but like, yeah, you need to leave reasons why, or you need to rate the driver and stuff like that. So they can actually, you know, take care of that shit. Right. Also, maybe put limitations on how much you can reduce a tip. That way you don't uh, throw out an outrageous tip in the first place to try to attract the thing. If you know, like, you know, if you're going to throw out like a 35% tip or a 40% tip to get their attention, you can't reduce it to 15 at that point. You can only reduce it to like 20 or like only cut it in, or cut it in half of what I, I it don't, was. I don't agree with that, though, because I've had some absolute terrible service on delivery, you know, things, whether it be food or something else mm -hmm. like that. I want to be able to drop that some bitch to zero. Okay. Yeah. Which is a fair point. Yeah. Um, what was I also going to say about it? Like I had um, an idiot that mm -hmm. like brought a pizza and carried it, you know, on its side or oh. apparently like put it in their car that way. So I got the pizza, I opened it up and it was like just this blob of pizza casserole. 
<laughs> I mean, I didn't go so far as to, you know, tweet and post on the other ground about it and try to get Taniqua fired, but, you know, I, <laughs> I had some pretty bad pizza experiences as well. That's not what happened at all. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. And I always try to, uh, it's interesting, like, I don't know on Grubhub if they can see how much tip they're getting, I, probably. And I always try to tip pretty well. Uh, at the bare minimum, I do 20%. Um, which can add up if it's a big order. Uh, and, and I'll also, uh, uh, but if it's a small order, I, I make sure I always do at least a $5 tip. Cause sometimes I've made like a, you know, like a, a $9 order, 20% of that's only like $2. So for me, the, the bottom of tipping for, for delivery service is $5. And then, then it goes up from that. If it, you know, if 20% of the order is more than $5, you give more than $5. You don't give less. Cause that's, you know, with the way gas costs and the way they're driving around, uh, even a $5 tips, you know, bare minimum, I would say. Yeah. So I do a $7 minimum and then anything past that, like is a larger order or whatever else. I just take like most of those sites give you like a three level option. Yep. And if it's, if the highest level is under seven bucks, I'm going to give them seven bucks. And then anything above that, I just take the highest option. Right, right. I'm not a, a man of financial means like you, so I normally take the middle options. I think it's normally like 18, 20, or 25%, like on Grubhub or something like that, So, which is why I picked 20, because uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm rich, probably, but I also... I'm probably overpaying, but like I don't want to have to do the math in my head. I do too much math through the day. <laughs> so screw it. I'll just take the high option, and if nothing else, generally it means I get a pretty good experience as far as people getting here like when they're supposed to. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Just, just me, me doing the twenty percent instead of the bare minimum one. I get, I believe, I get better service. Uh, like I never have any problems finding a delivery driver to do it. It's you know, always so like so and so is is going to be delivering your thing. I never have uh, like a, it like which has happened on Uber before. That was a case uh, wasn't since they don't uh, tip up front on that, or maybe they do, but I didn't reach that point. Uh, uh, I tried to use an Uber like three or four months ago, which is when I found out that you can't get an Uber in my area at like seven 30 in the morning. <laughs> I had gotten spoiled by using it in Vegas, which at which, you know, in Vegas there's an Uber available. It doesn't matter what fucking time it is. Uh, but apparently it's not popular enough over here in my area for, uh, to have someone willing to pick me up at seven 30 in the morning. <laughs> See, that's weird. So like I'm in a, in a smaller population area. Like I think Detroit probably has almost as many people as my state does. Right. But I can get an Uber for like a trip to the um, trip to the airport at like three thirty in the morning. Huh? Yeah, and you, and you would think I would have no issues with that. Maybe it was just a particular area that I was at, uh, like I was right in, on the border between a nice city and a not so nice city, and it was like seven thirty in the morning. So maybe there's just none of them in that area. Like they might all be over by the airport or some shit like that. Taking the people that uh, they they call it at five in the morning, but it was surprising. I waited, you know, I tried like ten, waited like ten minutes. Uh, I think I even downloaded the other uh, Lyft too, and Lyft there was no available for Lyft. I ended up having to call my wife and wake her up to pick me up from the auto shop. So that you know, that shit kind of sucked. Uh, <laughs> I just figure you had a, a terrible, you know, rider rating. <laughs> I'd only had like uh, probably one, two, three four or five rides for Uber, uh, my entire life. And they're all in Vegas. And I tipped well on all of them and gave them a good uh, driver thing. Cause I, they were good drivers. I've never, every time I rode with Uber, it was always an interesting guy that shot the shit with me or, or one case, a girl, uh, I hear stories about these Uber drivers. that are like robots. Don't say shit to you and stuff. And I, I assume some people would rather prefer that. Uh, but in this case, these, they were all personal people that made me comfortable with the fact that I was getting into a stranger's car. If I'm so like, if I'm taking an Uber from an airport, I just came in at, like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Period. <laughs> like, right. I just don't want to deal with, I just dealt with a goddamn flight. But like with those people, and this is the interesting thing too, is like, so the problem is, is like a lot of the travel I do is for business. So I have like a maximum amount I can tip on the app. Right. So I always have to take like a fistful of twenties just to, you know, tip people without having to do the crazy like math I would have to do as far as splitting receipts and right, expensing right. parts of this and parts of that. Like, no. Yeah. Sometimes it's just easier just to take care of it. You know, as long as it's well, yeah, so not just, straining I'll, yourself. Yeah. I'll just do the Uber do. I think we're I think we're allowed 15% gratuity on anything as far as like expense stuff. So I just do whatever the 15% would be. And I just give them a 20 and generally they're pretty happy about it. 
Right, yeah, because most people don't go the extra mile. You see uh, stories about that and people having conversations about the OG. Uh, some people are just assholes about tips. Uh, it's like it's like they gleefully rip off people. It's like, hey, it's not my problem. Uh, the, the system shouldn't be like that. You know, they should just get paid an hourly wage. Well, no, that's a completely different discussion than what we're talking about here, sir. We're talking about the fact that you're willfully ripping people off because it's not what the system should be. It's what the system is. And you know that, sir. So you know that you're taking money away from people that, you know, when you to get your cheap ass service because you can because you can get away with it because you don't have to tip. Yeah, it's so it's just the way things work here. It's it's a cultural thing for the U.S., yeah. yeah, is it messed up? Absolutely. But like, conversely, if you go to Japan and you hop in a cab and you get a, a you know a ride somewhere, like number one, and I've taken just a few, but like every time I've done that, they always ask me like where I'm going and they will hand draw you a map and they will refuse any type of tip. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it depends. Uh, the problem being, of course, you have the exact opposite of that in certain times where people are making an hourly wage uh, so they know they're going to make the same amount of money uh, no matter how good the service is. Uh, and there are people that take advantage of that. You see that in all, all kinds of occupations where tips aren't involved. Uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, I've never really worked in the service industry where I, I got tips. Uh, the country club's a different thing. Generally speaking, I don't get tips. Uh, not, certainly not on a daily basis. It's a non-tip club. Uh, they'll give me gifts at the I end of the year. I don't know, Jay. I'm sure, like quite a time, quite a few times across your life, that you've taken just the tip. <laughs> no, I'm much more bold about it. I'm an all-or-nothing kind of guy. Uh, but that's a different topic. Uh, so I don't really know how valid my opinions on it are. For all I know, the there's white staff out there that love the tip method that make shit loads of money. But uh, guess what? They're probably really good at their job. Like uh, my buddy, Doug, he was a bartender for years and years and years. Very personal guy. He was the lead singer of a band and he, he worked three days a week. Uh, not because he was lazy, but because he weighed, made all the money he could possibly need in three days a week. He, you know, he had a, he had a small apartment that didn't cost money. He had a vehicle that with no bills on it and he was making probably his three, apartment didn't three, cost money. Was he giving sexual favors to the landlord? No, no. What the I said, uh, excuse me. I meant to say didn't cost, didn't cost much money. Uh, it was, oh, okay. yeah, this. I think it was like $300 a month back in 1990 something. Uh, and, but he would make three, four, $500 a night working at the, at the bar. I, I couldn't believe it. He, he made tips hand over fist. Uh, it was ridiculous. He would routinely make a thousand dollars a week, uh, uh, working three days a week. Um, it, but on the other hand, he was really good at his job a little too good as it turns out. Cause eventually he got fired. Uh, turns out he was uh, giving out free shots. <laughs> which explains a lot of his tips when it, when I think about it, actually, uh, which by the way, is not as unusual as you would think. Apparently most bartenders have discretion to give out a certain amount of free shots. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he was doing way, way, way overdoing it. And I guess they, you know, used their surveillance camera to keep track of how many shots he gave away one night and he was fired the next night. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I haven't really had like a lot of jobs that involve anything like that. Like I would get tipped by the strippers when I did, you know, security. That was about it. Right. Right. Exactly. But you know, that, that was not so much based on your job uh, as, but based just on how much they appreciated you. They're like, Oh, you beat up that guy extra. Well, here's a fiver. <laughs> well, it's cause I mean, I would take care of the shit they need. Like, so right. they would be like, Hey, you know, here's a hundred bucks. I need someone to go get me like beer or something. And I would take one of my minions and be, here's 20 bucks, go get her some beer. And then I would get <laughs> tipped on top of that at the end of the night. It, hey, it worked out great for me. Right, right, right. I've known a couple of few strippers, and that's basically how they are with their money. Money isn't real for them because it, it just literally rains down on them on a nightly basis. Well, and especially the place that I that I ran security, like there were several girls there that were pulling in like several grand a night. Yeah, it's, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, well, it's, like Thursday through Saturday, talking as like night, like. Right, Wednesday a, at like five in the afternoon. Yeah, they're not doing so well. That's when you get the ones <laughs> with deep wrist scars and you know, yeah, definite yeah, I, I, questionable choices. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I it used to surprise people when I told them that I, I dated a stripper for uh, for a little while. Uh, I was friends with her for a long time and dated her briefly. Like, oh wow, you dated a stripper? I'm like, well, you got to remember there are levels to this. You know, uh, she didn't work at 
BTs, Trumps, or Tycoons, which was like the big three back in the 90s. They're all uh, here in Detroit. Strip clubs uh, are not allowed in Oakland County, which is the re- really rich, affluent county. Uh, they're allowed in Wayne County, which is where Detroit is. So uh, right on the border, the, the the famous eight mile, if you drive down on one side of the street, there's all these strip clubs, nothing on the other side because they're not that's Oakland County. They're not allowed. Uh, so for the most part, all these strip clubs were really nice because they were uh, trying to attract all these rich people from Oakland County. Uh, she didn't work at one of those strip clubs. She worked on a strip club, oh, like uh, on Six Mile <laughs> and like back in a neighborhood almost like <laughs> yeah, uh, Chateau Vert, I think it was. Was that the name of it? Maybe. I can't remember. Uh, and she was like, she she was a pretty girl, but she, you would you would walk past her in the street without thinking nothing of it. You know? <laughs> I was like, once you, once you get past the A-level uh, um, strip clubs, uh, they're way more accepting of the people they will take. <laughs> Yeah, you see a lot more track marks and stab wounds in that area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, she wasn't at that level. Uh, she was a, she was an odd one, the, the odd person that was actually stripping to make money to go to school. I, actually, I was I thought that was a fucking stereotype. Um, <laughs> eventually, she stopped doing it because she she reached a point where she said she couldn't make any money without giving out sexual favors, and that wasn't her thing. Yeah, she just needed to go to a better strip club. But it sounds like she may have not been able to get into a better strip club because of you exactly. Know, exactly like she she was pretty but you know like she was like a seven tops you know there there's no there's no way she'd be working at the top strip clubs and that's not uh to be search or be smirch her uh just just reality really um she ended up uh, doing moving on to cutting hair and then you know going to college for biology and i think she's working in a lab now uh, i haven't talked to her in a while so she's one of those people that actually were going to college for that uh one of my best friends uh well my best friends <laughs> uh Doug, actually, the the bartender I uh, told you about, uh, he was he was a really good friend of mine. Uh, he uh, he saved a stripper once. It was an amazing story. You want to hear about it? <laughs> uh, sure. Go go ahead and go for that. There. there Why there. not? Okay. Um, that was Chateau Vert. Actually, that that's where my friend was working at. Uh, she, uh, me, and I. It was pretty close to Doug's practice space where uh, he practiced it for his band. So he'd go there every once in a while, and he met her. Uh, like he met her one time and then the second time he brought me up to meet her as well. Cause they hit it off. Well, um, which was kind of weird cause I, I actually have morals. So it's as weird as it sounds. I tried to avoid looking at uh, my friend, Doug's new girlfriend's tits. <laughs> which, I mean, it wasn't that hard. There's all kinds of tits to look at. Uh, oh, and don't get me wrong. Years later, I still regret that. <laughs> uh, cause it was the only opportunity I ever had. Uh, because as, as it turns out, this girl was not really into the stripper lifestyle. Uh, she had moved up here from Ohio out of a bad situation. It was literally the only job that she could get. She was living, she was living in one of those, uh, rent weekly rooms, all the hallmarks of someone on drugs, but she was actually just a young girl getting out of a bad situation. And that's where she ended up. Uh, so Doug being a good guy, got her a job as a waitress at, uh, the bar near where he lived, not the bar that he worked at a different one. And she moved in with him. And that lasted like, I don't know, maybe a month or two before she found out that Doug was cheating on her. Cause that's what Doug did. <laughs> he loved all women. Uh, so, and she broke up with him, but she, because she'd been, you know, was a, such an awesome person. She'd already made friends of all kinds of people there. And the manager, uh, talked somebody into giving her, uh, rent, renting her an apartment. The fact, despite the fact that she had no credit or, you know, references or anything like that. And she went on from that. She was a wait- waitress for a year or two or three until she got her feet underneath her. Then she joined the Navy, was in the Navy for three or four years. Uh, then she got out and went to school. Uh, uh, I can't remember the exact things, but she, now she works at like Quicken Loans as like a, a somewhere a pretty high up in the uh, loan officer thing. So it was, it was really awesome. You know, Doug's a pussy. <laughs> uh, I'm just put I don't know about there. that. I, yeah. yeah. Doug's an asshole. No, deep, for a, deep down. <laughs> and he's, he's a pussy. <laughs> Although I kind of have a similar thing. So there was one stripper that was driving like four hours, like every night she always used to work like just Friday and Saturday and she made a ton of fucking money. She was goddamn gorgeous. Right. So I, I let her stay in my spare room. And of course, you know, I set it up that way that the spare room really wasn't that nice. So of course I was like, you know, also if you don't mind, like, and also just shack up in my room, like I, I'm not going to care. So that that went exactly <laughs> the way it should, <laughs> dude. Okay, this is this is how smooth Doug was with uh, the ladies. 
Uh, we went to, uh, I think I might have told the story before. We uh, drove to Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I played a game called EverQuest uh, way back in the day, and I got him into it as well. Uh, and we, you know, with EverQuest, it's an online game. You play with other people. And eventually, we became friends with a group of people uh, over in, like, Omaha, Nebraska. And we get this idea that we're going to go visit them. It'll be fun because there's like uh, several, like eight or nine of them all together in, in a loose area that I'll, that we all agreed to get together in a bar in Omaha, Nebraska, of all places. So Doug finished his shift at a bar one night and around three in the morning, uh, maybe about closer to three thirty, we went on our merry way. Um, now, of course, we had supplies. This is back in the 90s before drunk tri- driving was actually illegal, <laughs> uh, which was good because we bought like, you know, a, a case of beer and I want and a fifth of Jameson. Uh, and uh, we had many adventures on the way there. Uh, I'm not sure if that's those are stories for today or not, since we're I'm telling the story about uh, Doug. But regardless, we got to we got to the uh, the city and we had a good time. Well, most people, when they uh, visit someplace on vacation, they like to bring back a souvenir, you know, like a coffee mug or a t-shirt uh doug brought home a stripper <laughs> um uh we went there you know, we everyone went out and party and had a good time that night uh and but near the end of the night uh, doug decides he wants to go to the strip club well apparently there's no strip co- clubs in uh in nebraska but uh there's another city across the river them uh, that the name of which escapes me that there was so they all went over there i was tired i was really drunk i went to bed uh apparently he met a stripper there uh, brought her back to the hotel room. Um, and the next day I found out that she is now going back with us to Michigan. Uh, she wants to leave her life here and start a new one with Doug. <laughs> um, and so that I last said, Doug was a pussy. <laughs> and that lasted about, I don't know, three weeks before, uh, I think Doug cheated on her and, and she, and gave her a bus ticket home. <laughs> yeah. Doug probably is an OG at this point. You just, probably don't know it jack yeah yeah he probably he's probably under underneath her on a screen underneath a screen name i'm unaware of uh he was legendary and i hate to say that he cheated on his all all his girlfriends because i don't know in, in all the cases and like for instance the the stripper he brought he brought home from nebraska i don't know that he cheated on her i just know that after three or four weeks they it, you know, he gave her a bus ticket back home um she was actually trying to get off of drugs which is one of the reasons she went with him she figured she wouldn't be able to find anywhere at her new place um which may or may not be true. I don't know. I don't know how successful she was, but she asked me those. <laughs> I'm like, no, well, no, it's, I can't. It's a scientific. It's scientifically proven. A hundred and three percent of strippers are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I can't get you those type of drugs unless you unless you want some marijuana. Other than that, I, I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> I can't even remember what she was on back then. Uh, fucking might have been heroin. Meth wasn't really a thing back in the early to mid '90s. I don't think. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. I wasn't really the drug person. You're yeah. much more uh, like the black tar heroin of the group. Yeah. <laughs> Boot black tar heroin. No, no, heroin was never my thing. Tried it once. It didn't really do anything. You know, everyone else was all whacked out. No, don't get me wrong. I didn't boot it. I, I snorted it. But so did they, and they were all fucked up. And I was like, this doesn't really do anything. They're like, dude, you're way too up. You need to mellow out. I'm like, dude, this is mellow for me. <laughs> I've always been kind of high strung. Uh, one of the few drugs that none of my friends were ever interested in doing with me was cocaine. Uh, unless of course they're doing my cocaine, uh, because obviously I'm not the type of person that needs to do that kind of thing. Uh, luckily for me, uh, cocaine was way too expensive for me and I'm kind of cheap about that kind of thing. So, uh, I was like, yep, I'm not doing a lot of that cause that's way too good and way too expensive. So, um, that's one. So I, I think I told this story, this joke before I've, ne- I've never met a drug. I didn't like just a whole bunch. I couldn't afford. Yeah, that's not necessarily something you want to advertise, Jay. Nah, I don't. I don't do shit anymore, dude. I mean, the only thing I ever seriously did was smoke pot and took acid. Uh, I didn't even do a lot of mushrooms just because they weren't available. When I when I got them, uh, I, you know, I would. But all those other drugs, I at least tried once or twice. Uh, you don't know if you're going to like them until you try them. And uh, most of them, I decided just weren't for me. the The benefits did not uh, outweigh the drawbacks. Fair enough, you filthy, filthy addict. <laughs> Shit, now I can barely smoke pot anymore. My lungs are so fucked up. <laughs> oh, let's see what else we got. Oh, you know when you spoke about that guy that was found floating in the uh, Detroit River were uh, attached to a whole bunch of pot? Yeah. The story is so much more than that. Oh, my God. Um, apparently, way back in April, he was busted with a submarine. <laughs> 
uh, on the shore of Zug Island. <laughs> like he, the guy owns a submarine business and he was uh, using it to, to, and has been using it to smuggle things for quite a while. I have to p- pull up the entire story. It is something that something to behold. Hold on a second. I really should have had this up. So basically he lost his submarine at some point and just figured, Hey, I'm just going to tie a bunch of weed to my leg and, and just swim it. No, no, no. It's way crazier more and more complex than that. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, come on, Jay, you should have bullet points for these things. Uh, yeah. You, you're, you're 100%. Well, this one's actually, this actually, this new one's a new, a, a new article. Uh, well, apparently he used a James Bond style submarine. Uh, look up uh, when you get a chance a Seabob jet. <laughs> so he, it wasn't it wasn't really an actual submarine. It's like one of those underwater um, propeller pr- propulsion things. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> oh, I'm dying. So let me find a more co- comprehensive. Uh, there we go. That's a good one. I read, this is where it was. Okay. A Canadian man who admittedly Jay, used, don't read yes. the article. Give oh, okay. Us I'll give you the, oh, all right. That's all right. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. Okay. Here, the, the case dates back to May 10th when he was stopped while driving a U-Haul truck on, uh, on so-and-so during the traffic stop, they found a large plastic bag containing $97,000. Uh, he, of course, he said he didn't know anything about that. Uh, Homeland Security arrived and interviewed him, uh, who, who said he had, then, then this is the point where he spilled the beans on fucking everything. I don't know why he'd do this. During the interview, uh, Masari stated that he directs a smuggling organization that moves money and narcotics between Canada and the United States. Why do you do that? You t- well, <laughs> they didn't, so they didn't no. have nothing on you. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. He's Canadian. Like, if you just start yelling at them, they're, number one, they're going to apologize. And if you ask them questions, they're just going to just tell the truth. Canadians right, don't well, know how to lie. Right. Well, he told investigators his organization had successfully smuggled marijuana, cocaine, or money approximately seven times. He said he used the GPS coordinates. Uh, he would provide GPS coordinates to an individual in Canada who would who traverses the river using a submersible watercraft, uh, and then he would then send the contraband or currency and his asso- and his asso- and his associate across the river. So they were trading stuff back and forth, uh, and yeah, and the, and he admitted that he owned a submarine seized by Border Patrol on April 23rd on a shoreline. But this is where it gets really even crazier. They they released him, <laughs> and he agreed to stay at the Baymont by Wyndham Rat Fl- uh, Flat Rock Hotel during the investigation. And uh, yeah, uh, and, and a couple days later, he offered to provide information about a multiple kilogram meth shipment arriving in Metro Detroit the next day. Then he walked out. <laughs> on May 22nd, uh, security cameras showed that he walked away from the hotel. He left his belongings behind, telling the hotel clerk he was leaving to attend an emergency funeral. Uh, they found a whole bunch of shit there. But here's the thing. Apparently, uh, at apparently 235 the next day, federal agents were on patrol uh, south of Gross Eel. They spotted a vessel crossing the international boundary and traveling in the United States. They tried to stop the boat and spotted two large bundles being thrown into the river. Uh, when approaching the, thir- the floating bundle- bundles, they found this dude unconscious in the water. Yeah, and Canadians, goddamn, grad, get your people in order. That is so much more than than the original story, and the original story was kind of was crazy enough. Uh, there's so much to that. Uh, it's obviously someone else is driving that boat because uh, it's you know they didn't say anything about uh, the boat or anything like that. Uh, so basically, I think somebody knocked this fucker out and threw him overboard with the weed. Hey, that doesn't sound. No, Quite right. But I mean, know. what happened? The guy just the, the guy said, oh, I'll take one for the team. I'm going to jump out with the weed. You keep going. Uh, did he fall out? I mean, I didn't say anything about rough, uh, rough waters, but, you know, Detroit River, as I mentioned before, is a pretty big uh, river. Uh, so you can, you know, I imagine get some crosswakes going and shit like that. Um, yeah, just a weird story. Weird story in general. Uh, I right, think Canadians. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a. Uh, there's a rich tradition of uh, smuggling and uh, going across the Detroit River into Canada and just Canada, Detroit in general. Did I tell you a story about my uh, dad's house in Prohibition? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> well, my dad bought a house that was built during Prohibition by an Italian mafia down. Um, it, it was a really cool house had all kinds of interesting features. But the reason the uh, mafia down bought it is because it was directly across the street from railroad tracks. 
like literally where the houses across the street would normally be, there's a railroad crossing. And it was a bit, it's a big one. It's like eight or 10 tracks. It's a major trunk line. It goes from Canada to New York. Um, and the reason he bought that is because during prohibition, the Canadians would make their awesome whiskey and then ship it straight through the United States to New York, where it'd be shipped overseas and sold uh, in Europe and such, because they couldn't sell it in the United States. Well, this uh, gentleman had the fine idea of bribing the conductors to drive by his house really, really slow, where his men would then leap out, break into the slowly moving boxcars, and steal alcohol off of it. Um, it, it became a little more complex than that, because they would immediately run the, um, excuse me, the alcohol into one house and down into the basement. Uh, and then from that basement, there was a tunnel that went to a house next door, uh, basement. And then from that basement, there was a tunnel that went to a shed in the backyard. Uh, the shed that, that actually bunked, uh, excuse me, butted right up against the alley. So then they would then bring all that shit through the, the tunnel into the, uh, shed, uh, which had a door that opened up to the alley where a car was waiting to be loaded in. So it was all a whole bunch of misdirection stuff. So you'd see the cases of, of alcohol going to one house but when they searched the house, they couldn't find any of them because the hidden, you know, the tunnels were hidden and all that good stuff. It was an interesting house. In addition to having the tunnel going the next door and all that good stuff, it had a hidden compartment, uh, in the master bedroom closet that you could fit about two people in. So, which would be used if, uh, people were in the house that were avoiding the cops that they raided, uh, it had like a secret spot in the uh, fireplace where they would, hide the, uh, uh, the books. Cause as you as an accounting type person would know, uh, what they would have to have two different sets of books, one that they, you know, showed the authorities were for their finances. And then one real one that kept track of everything that was going on. Uh, my dad often said there was one other thing, but he wouldn't tell me what it was and I never found it. So who knows, but it was a cool house. And then, and then <laughs> I hope I hadn't told that story before, guys. I'm, I apologize if I have. All right, let's move on to something else. I get the point. <laughs> if you uh, had, it was roughly 30 of our 80 shows. Uh, probably. Uh, let's see. Oh, did you see that uh, J.K. Rowling apparently has enough money to say whatever the fuck she likes now? Yeah, I saw something, whatever. I don't know actually what was going on, but I don't even really care either. It's uh, it's a surprising stance. For, uh, I, you know what? I guess I'm doing it wrong. I assumed that uh, she was a super liberal person, but I've never looked into her um, politics before or her beliefs, so I actually don't know what she believes in at all. But basically, she was saying that you know, there's men and there's women, and that's it. There's not you know, uh, and while she has empathy for, for transgender people, the, you know, that's a guy and that's a girl. Uh, and, you know, and then she went, went on to say that she 100% you know, lesbians and, you know, and gay people to, you know, she has no issues of same sex message, same sex message, same sex marriage. Uh, she just didn't believe that there were multiple genders. There's only two male and woman. Well, it's, I'm not even going to necessarily say she's wrong. Like there are a couple concepts here, right? Right, right. Like people, you can identify with whatever gender you want. Like, so there's basically two things. There's gender and sex, right? Yeah. One of them can be fluid. I don't give a fuck. One of them is science. Yeah. I, I, I think the way she stated was uh, gender roles are a um, feature, I'm using the wrong word, of uh, our custom and cultures. Uh, gender is, uh, uh, you know, sex is... Uh, defined by nature and I, and I fucking murdered that quote, but I, I think you get the point of what she was trying to say. And well, yeah, for me, what I just said, there's, exactly. There's one yeah. thing that, yes, you can identify with whatever you want. You can have whatever sexual preference you want. I do not give a fuck, but there is also a scientific thing that again, either if you're going to call it sex or gender, I don't care which one is which, but one of them is bred in science and you have to keep that one there because like it affects things. Exactly. And then that's of course, uh, the biggest example is the entire sports thing. There's a reason that why there's male and female sports, cause it's not a fair competition in certain ways. And you see it over and over again now where they're letting uh, trans athletes, uh, uh, compete in the sport that they identify in, as opposed to the, uh, sport that they were born into, so to speak. And it's not fair. I mean, <laughs> There's, there's so many examples of, uh, of them doing spectacularly well 
And it's unfair on so many levels because especially on the high school and college level, now you're taking away scholarships from, from women that should probably be getting them, you know, because you're competing in a, in a sport where you have a genetic advantage. Here's the thing I am with the whole transgender sports thing. Like, I see it that either you have two choices. Either have enough transgender people that there's actually like a division for them. Mm-hmm. Or you have to compete where you have the least advantage. So if you're male to female, you're competing with the men. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, <clears throat> yeah, that's, uh, that's only fair. Like, I, I can't believe that it even reached a point where they started allowing it. Uh, and the, that's one of those cases of political correctness going too far. No one wants to offend anybody. So no one, no one wants the person to be, the, be the person that says no. And someone has to be the person that says, no, that's not fair. You can't do that. Uh, I'm not in the position to do that. Thank God. Cause who, that person is going to get a shitload of flack. And it ha- you have seen it happen in uh, certain occasions. Um, but it shouldn't happen at all. Really? I, I'm sorry to, to anybody who has a problem with that, but I think that's just a reasonable stance, right? Yeah, the way I see it, like, like I said, like you should not be getting an unfair advantage in mm-hmm. athletics in that way. So, fine, identify however you want. You know, take your hormones and all that shit, but you should be competing with like people, or you should be going in with a disadvantage. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and speaking of advantages and disadvantages, uh, I saw an article that I actually found kind of hard to believe, but it was actual news. Uh, a UC pre- professor was suspended for not being leading on blacks during uh, finals. Did you read anything about this? I saw some. I think there was actually a thread on the OG. I just didn't go into it. Uh, that might have been where I, that might have been where I picked it up from. Because, uh, but yeah, it's and it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, the he uh, the, the students some students decided to get a request together uh not black students i might add um, that they uh, to have him uh be lenient on grading uh for the uh the you know african american people in his class because of everything that was going on and all that good stuff and uh he responded pretty reasonably you know he said he understood that uh, there's these are trying times and there are hard things going on however uh that's real life, and it's something that you needed to be prepared for. Okay, I, I probably find it. Do 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 do. Ah, exactly. He he said that he said outside events, including personal hardship, do not necessarily relieve students of their responsibilities. He gave an example of his daughter who suffered a severe illness and lost close friends to, to suicide during her time at school, but still completed coursework. Uh, he said some students have asked for the final to exam to be delayed or changed or waived altogether. Uh, he told them, life deals all of us challenges, and I have no doubt that many of you are facing some now. In a perfectly fair wor- world, I'd be able to take these indiv- individual factors into account and perhaps modify the terms in our course syllabus. But my understanding of university rules is that with rare exceptions, I should not. And that was that was all it took. <laughs> uh, and, and so he's been flamed, and apparently he's actually been suspended and placed under police protection after he rejected uh, the appeals to have them be lenient on the black students. Can you believe that shit, dude? Yeah, like people take this stuff too far. Like they just fucking do. Yeah, and that was a really reasonable. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he said, "Nah, no, nah, fuck that shit." He gave a really reasonable exp- explanation why he thought that was a, poor, a bad idea. You know, first he, s- he explained that you know life's gonna happen. You need to learn how to deal with it. College is here to learn is here to teach you things. One of the things it's here to teach you about is responsibility and fulfilling your obligations. And the real world isn't going to give a shit. This, this stuff's happening. You need to learn how to handle your shit, regardless of what's going on. Uh, he said it a lot nicer. Uh, and then he said, as far as he knew, he isn't allowed to do that shit in the first place. So, and that was all it took. Now he's, I assume the suspending, uh, then that's what that's what kills me. The suspension suspension part of the police protection is a completely different uh, topic. But his own university suspended him for uh, following the rules. That's just bullshit, dude. Well, I mean, you don't know like the inner detail of that entire thing. Like, and I hate to say it, like we do rush to judgment in a lot of these things. 
So this might be something that right now he's suspended while they do an investigation because some of those students like lodged actual complaints and probably said some crazy shit. Right, right, right. Like it may okay, just be can, going through yeah. the proper process, and in the end, he's right back where he, you know, started, and he's yeah. paid for the entire suspension, all that stuff. Like that could be going on. So I don't necessarily want to just say, you know, no, this university is fucking retarded, and they shouldn't be doing this stuff and all that, which very well could be the case. Right. <laughs> like I feel like I'm missing facts here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I I can understand that. Um. It, I don't know. It's, we live in such a crazy fucking world with so much going on. It's one thing on top of another on top of another. Uh, I mean, the COVID thing is still crazy. Uh, you know, I think quite possibly the only good thing I can find about this entire COVID thing so far is all these people with poor fucking oral hygiene uh, have got to uh, taste of their own fucking medicine, dude. Uh, let me explain. I've been wearing a face mask for like, you know, a week now. Uh, and, uh, uh, I'm, I take very good care, care, care of my teeth. Uh, and I'm often, often worry about, uh, my breath. So I use mints a lot. It's part of my job. Uh, I am, uh, ridiculously horrified by what my breath smells like in that face mask. Uh, so for all these motherfuckers at work that brush their teeth, like maybe once a fucking week, cause they don't have to deal with the public, but I have to fucking talk to them. Good. Smell your own shit for once. See how that fucking uh, smells. I'm really hoping that things change once the masks come off and some people uh, fix their fucking hygiene habits. You mean like how yours was, you had absolutely terrible, horrible teeth until someone gave you free, nice teeth? I'm not speaking about that at all. I don't care what your teeth look like in one way, shape, or form. I'm talking about what your teeth fucking smell like. Uh, before you got those new teeth, yours probably weren't the uh, most rosy smelling. Oh, I try. I always try to keep uh, take care of them. They're they, you know they are just all crooked and fucked up. Uh, but yeah, but they, you know I, your t- unless you have a oral problem, you, you your your breath doesn't smell just because you got crooked or bad teeth. Oh hey, oh, by are the way, what's up? What's happening, Uncle Canada? Sorry to go ra- on a yeah, rant. How you doing, for you boss? To intro, grad. Goddamn. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, grad. How you doing, boss? Hey, good, good. hey, because I the reason I'm calling. What do you guys think of the DC steep at fucking match? Hey, eh? you guys uh, oh. surprised or what do you? What you're 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 hot? Like, what are you guys calling the fight at or what, what's going on? What do you think, right? So, yeah, so a couple things on it. Um, interesting tweet, and it made a lot of sense from Brett Akimoto. Like, there's there's a really interesting thing that's going to happen with this fight with them being one and one right now. Like, literally, this fight is going to determine who the greatest heavyweight of an entire generation is. Wow. And then the loser is just not. Like, there's a lot more on the line than just that title, especially knowing that, number one, DC's walking away after that fight no matter what. So if he wins that title, that title becomes vacant. And then what do you have? Stipe versus Nganu? Yeah, man, that's such a weird... I, I, I so, you know what is despite the fact okay, that he's uh, PJ, oh, PJ, ahead, PJ, I, I uh-huh. so Ryan, who do you got? Thing is, so who do you got? I guess I got DC. Really? Yep. Wow, dude, like a close fight or a fucking knockout or like I'm curious what I you're think. It, I think they might go the distance this time. The only reason I I picked DC is like in the time that we've watched those two so far. Like DC was more impressive for longer. However, the adjustments Stipe made made during that second fight were fucking great. Like I'm not, I'm not putting extra hyperbole in there when I'm talking about that tweet and how like literally this is the fight to determine who was the greatest heavyweight of this generation. And that's interesting. I, it, it will bum me out if uh, Cormier wins and walks away from it. I realize he keeps on saying that this is his last fight. But in the case that he wins, I would like to see him defend it at least once. Uh, I think it would cement his legacy even more. Although, as you pointed out, I guess he doesn't really need to at this point. Exactly. At heavyweight, he is like the only person that's beat him is Stipe. Uh, so how many times has Komei Komei won it? What, once, I think? Only once, right? The uh, heavyweight belt in the UFC? Yeah, yeah. He's only had one title reign, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're sleep aside, what, three or four, right? Oh, are you talking actual defenses, or are you talking just had time yeah, to winning defenses. the title? I guess both. Uh, we could go 
both, but yeah. <laughs> so thought, while Ryan looks that up, uh, no, uh, how you doing, so Uncle DC, Canada? DC defended once. Mm-hmm. So DC defended against Derek Lewis. Stipe holds the record for defenses. I don't remember how many it is, but yeah, he holds the heavyweight it, record for defenses. Yeah, I think it's three or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, so I, crazy that that's the record. <laughs> uh, dude, but these are fucking heavyweights, PJ. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Fuck, I, agree, I agree with you. Yeah, it's uh, it, that's and it's that's why heavyweight's so crazy because you can be in the best in the world and you take your finger off the button for a half a second and then it lights out. You know, in the in the lighter classes, you know, you can't uh, you can get away with more because they can't knock you out with even a glancing blow. Uh, in heavyweight, that's why the the title changes uh, uh, hands so often because fucking boom, lights out. See, for me, honestly, uh, I think Stipe learned a lot from the second fight, obviously from the first fight as well. I think he got some, he has the third fight for the simple fact. He's got that stubborn Croatian mentality too, the Eastern European mentality. And he's like a fucking robot, man. It, 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 I, and the thing is, I love DC. Honestly, I respect the guy and I love him. But at the same time, I think Stipe is learning more. He, lear- he learned learned more over the last two fights. So, again, I think it's it probably potentially going the distance. I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Stipe knocks him out. Who knows, though, right? DC fucking knocked him out in the fucking first fight. So, Well, it, and that's the thing. Like it, Again, like these are just two incredible fighters. You have DC, yeah. who's lost to two people in his entire career officially has two losses in his entire career. And you got Stipe, who has been the most dominant heavyweight. Now he has three losses. So, like, again, it's that thing that, like, whoever wins this is officially the best heavyweight from this time period. Yeah. <clears throat> Would you guys argue Tim Selby? Is that, what, what, what did Tim Selby have? Two or three uh, title defenses, right? He was part of the military camp, but again, that was back. And I think, ago, I think. He, he had the record for quite a while. Um, yeah, yeah. I like, but I like it can't be much considering that Stipe took the record by having three. So it was probably two. I think uh, Tim did two, didn't he? I'd have to look it up, but I think I think Tim did two. Uh, he, I, which means he had the record before Stipe took it from him. But again, these are heavyweights. These guys fucking swing fucking hammers, right? Like you know, it's again. Fucking, they get tagged by one of these fucking big boys. Holy fuck. That's fucking, you're talking brain damage, right? Potential. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a rough sport, man. I mean, I appreciate that some people don't think of, about fighting the same way that I do, but man, no thank you. There's just so much danger inherently involved in it. Yeah, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> so when's oh, the, next, uh, the next UFC? Is it a couple weeks from now, or I have no idea what? Uh, well, isn't there one this up. weekend? There probably is. Let's find out. Give me a half a second. I can tell you guys that I have that finger. It's not uh, a that website. Like... No, it's a fight. Oh, night. It's, it's like... the it's it's the eye versus Cavillo thing. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We and we already went over this uh, card before. There's mm, you know, you know Touchy Feely is one of the biggest names on the card. If that gives you any idea. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, yeah. It's, it's um... not eye out. About this, it's not. It's they not also impressive. Like pre- yeah, no, no. I think I'll take a hard pass on this one. Yeah, that's one of the ones where you get up the next morning and check out the highlights, and then if someone says, "Oh, that fight was amazing," and then you go look up the fight, the there's no reason to subject yourself to that entire card. And having said that, over and over again, there these no name cards are really entertaining. But you know, on the other hand, <laughs> now I the next the one after- event about a 90% chance of going five rounds and having at least four and a half piss breaks. <laughs> now the one after that's at least slightly interesting. It's got a couple more fights on it. It's got blades versus Volkov, which should be interesting for as long as it lasts, uh, unless it lasts too long. <laughs> and that's the one where with uh, my friend Roxy's fight night as well. And then the one after that is got another UFC fight night, uh, Poirier versus hooker. That's, uh, Unless Mr. Dustin Diamond has degraded severely recently, that's probably not going to be much of a fight. I mean, it'll be a fun fight, but it won't be much of a fight. <laughs> yeah, but then we finally get to July 11th and Fight Island. Woo-hoo, fight Island, yeah. Let me click and see what they got on that. I mean, they're, and they're, they keep on announcing more and more fights for that. Uh, like, I yeah, just that, noticed... 
this okay, yeah, sure. this card is fucking ridiculous. Did so you know the main event? Uh, uh -huh. So yeah, the main event of Usman versus Burns, the co-main event of Volkanovski versus Holloway, the co-co-main event of Peter Jan versus Jose Aldo, nice. Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas. Yeah, they added that one today. I think. Paige Van Zandt is on there. Who fucking yep, cares? They added, yeah, they added, well, you know she they added her today. Uh, I think as well. Yeah, I wonder if she'll break her arm this week. <laughs> Did you? There's one you haven't mentioned yet. Uh, I'm the web, the website I'm on is weird. They don't they don't add stuff like they should, but it has a fight in there that I haven't heard of yet. Uh, uh, did you see? Notice that uh, apparently Frankie Edgar is going to be on that card. I th I thought I saw that somewhere. It wasn't on the uh, official UFC card, so I didn't mention anything. It was Edgar versus who is he fighting again? Pedro Munoz. Munoz, maybe. Maybe Munoz. Yeah, that's probably close. M U N H O Z. Yeah, probably. Who has who has one of those fucking nicknames that? Oh, he's his name is the Young Punisher. These people don't think these nicknames out. If your career has any kind of uh, longevity, that's going to be a silly nickname ten years from now when you got like gray hair and shit. I mean, Munoz is pretty goddamn good. He he knocked out Garbrandt. Oh yeah, I'm not saying anything about skill level. I'm just saying that people should not uh, pick out nicknames of a shelf life. Listen, not everybody can be coconut bombs <laughs> or the Venezuelan name. fighter. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, there's only one. <laughs> it's hard to get that job. Yeah, I, I, I can appreciate that. Um, yeah, or page and twelve gauge page. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let, I, I will admit that the uh, bar for nicknames has been set pretty low in the UFC. Yeah, there's not a lot of great nicknames out there. Mm -mm. No, that's true. I mean, there's a couple okay ones. Uh, like uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Actually, that's actually an appropriate name for him because he is a fucking cowboy in every sense of the word. You know? uh, but for every cowboy out there, there's, like you said, the Venezuelan fighter or or 12-gauge page. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't these know. These guys, mm -hmm. I was going to say, these guys don't give a fuck. Like fucking Crow Cop used to walk out to fucking Wild Boys from Duran Duran, right? Yeah. Well, he ended up with a cool name, Crow Cop. You know, fucking, that's oh, an awesome yes. nickname. <laughs> oh, because he, he used to be an officer during the war, right? During yeah. the 90s. Well, yeah, he was a Croatian cop. No, he was an elite cop. He was like one of the uh, equivalent to your Navy SEALs or whatever, right? Like fucking the top, top, top of the top type thing. Uh, but no, again, these guys don't give a fuck, man. You know, let them call, them, call themselves whatever they want. Uh, right. One question I was going to ask. Uh, fuck. Um, all right. So UFC 251 is one July, right? Uh, which one's that's the Fight Island one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 July 11th. Okay. So if I, are we going to fucking do fight campaign no matter what, boys, or what? I am. Good. I am not. <laughs> you guys will be doing you that one pussy. without me. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys. It's not. I can't do it. To, you know, at work, it's it's too fucking nutty. I get up way too early. It's just not feasible. I'm not even gonna lie and say I'm gonna try. You absolute woman. <laughs> right. Well, we'll help you out, man. We'll fucking compensate fucking us, myself, All right. that, right, right. whatever. We'll fucking call in. I hope you Excellent. polish up your ovaries real good that day at work, Jay. <laughs> And, you know, I, one thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here about the mask thing, uh, I, I complained a little bit about the, uh, uh, about how annoying it is. One thing I've noticed, uh, do you know, I'm sitting here talking with you guys. I've had that mask off for a couple hours. I can still feel it. Like right now, it feels like I, I keep on wanting to push my glasses up because it feels like my glasses have like, you know, moved down on my nose. And, but it's not. It's like the feeling on my nose from the fucking mask. And like there's this, this sensation behind my ears, like my ears are being pulled forward from the mask. I never realized it was going to do that. You know, I, I wore that thing like 10 or 10 or 11 hours today. And uh, and now that I have it off, it feels fucking weird. I don't know how like nurses and doctors and stuff do that all the time. Well, you know, they sacrifice for the greater good, Jay. Like that, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sacrificing for the greater good of rich people at the moment, but as we mentioned before, I don't want to get anybody sick, so you know, I don't have any problem with doing it. It's, it's an annoyance, not the uh, end of the world, uh, but the, the regulations and, and, and precautions we're taking are pretty extreme. 
Uh, for example, uh, when they come in, uh, there's a, uh, a pen that they have to sign on sign for stuff. I spray down that pen with sanitizer after each person uses it. Um, they got me a UV light, uh, today for, uh, my phone because you can't really spray sanitizer on a phone all, uh, all the time. Uh, and it, it, cause it'll be all wet. And what's the issue we were having is someone cover me for a break. Um, I come back, they're on the phone, talking, talking, talking. Okay. They hang up. They're like, okay, it's all you. They take two steps away and the phone would ring. Well, I get yeah, to answer the phone. How am I going to fucking sanitize it? I can't spray, I can't spray, uh, uh, sanitizer all over it and get it all wet and then try to draw it off. So they got me a UV light that I just wave over it and uh, to kill the uh, germs on it, which I'm pretty happy about. Well, they knew that that's something you have zero experience in getting anything all wet. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and Ruthie asked, do I have, don't I have a set? No, I don't. I'd like, I wouldn't mind having a, uh, uh, headless headset, but that would give a completely uh, different a set of problems. Headset? What the headless, fuck is that? A, a wireless headset. Uh, but that would give a different set of problems because you'd have to have a di- uh, headset for everybody. Uh, otherwise it's the same problem. Um, so yeah, in some ways we're kind of old fashioned. Uh, we in like in the golf thing where our technology is top uh, notch, you should see the, the place they call the underground for practice and stuff. In other ways, we're pretty well, far behind. We still have them sign fucking paper chits. I can't believe we didn't get rid of this last year. Uh, they don't pay for anything there, but they'll sign a chit with their name, you know, and then we just bill them at the end of the month. And we've been moving away from that. Uh, like some people in some departments have gotten rid of it, but in dining, they still sign the chits. Uh, their solution is now the, there used to be like a book that like uh, you put the chit in. It opens up like the credit card thing at the restaurants and they would open up, they'd sign it and take it away. You know, and then they take the shit out and give it to me because it's part of my job to process that shit and then put a, a new thing in there. So instead of getting away, the going away from the entire sign and shit, they decide they're just going to get rid of the book thing and just have them bring the piece of paper over to them, have them sign it and then bring it to me. I'm like, holy shit, really? Okay. So really, uh, you're just angry that you still have to do work. Yes. Yeah. The, I, I'll be honest with you. I am angry. It's, it's a fucking stupid system. Uh, 80% of our members don't even want their chits anymore. Out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, there's literally a list of 50 or 60 people that still want their signed chits. Uh, for everybody else, it doesn't, we don't do anything with their chits. PJ, a chit PJ, is what, I, yeah. Yeah. Now I was going to say, are you saying sheets or chits? Shit. Chits as in C H I T S. Uh, that's, that's, that's a, I guess a name for a different name for a receipt or something like that. I, I, mm. it's just the nomenclature to use at work. I don't know where it comes from. Um, well, back so in the forties, we used to sign shits. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so for ne- for most of them, they sign it, it go, uh, I take it, I do stuff with the chit cause I still need to like add stuff up and things like that. And then it goes away in the storage and we never see it again. We have years and years and years of these things for a small and percentage. Then you walk 15 miles uphill both ways to yeah. <laughs> deliver the paper. But for a small percentage of these motherfuckers, I have to pull a copy of it because they, they all have like uh, the, whatever you call that carbonless copy thing. So they, whenever they sign it, there's another copy underneath it. But for some of these motherfuckers, I got to take their physical copy, put it in a special spot at the end of the month, go to their account, make sure I have every single signed shit that they're supposed to have, put it in an envelope and put it in their fucking locker because they want their signed copies to make sure that they are not paying for anything that they, they're not supposed to be. It's a pain in the ass. Okay, done. Done complaining about work today. I'm sorry, guys. Well, Jay, <laughs> they're they're the reason you're getting paid. You yes. might just want to buck up a little bit. Oh, oh, trust me, it gets done every day with a smile. But it, it's an archaic system, and there's really no reason to be doing it nowadays. And I hope one day uh, we don't even tell new members that they can keep their shits. Uh, one or two of them have found out from other members. But from mm-hmm. what we're, the system, we're trying to get to go away. All right. Speaking of going away, look at the time. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, time for us to go. I would like to thank the OG Army for showing up. I can't do the show without you guys. Uh, I want to thank Uncle Canada for calling in. He's all one of our best guests, and we couldn't do the show without him as well. And speaking of other people we can't do the show without, it's Big Dalton over there. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock. And don't forget, on Sunday, we're going to have uh, the Southpaw outlaw, Serena Jesus on, uh, Invicta Fighter, and friend of the show, uh, Big Dalton. You got anything? Well, I've got two things. One is is actually uh, an enhanced thing that we're going to have to add to your duties. I'm going to need you to physically tick down every time that I say the word fuck during these podcasts. And <laughs> at the end of the month, I'm going to need separate sheets for each show. I'm going to need you to fax those to me. Um, and just, you know, because apparently you're good at this. Apparently I am. <laughs>
What else you got? And the big sec- I, I have one last thing. And this this actually may be new to some people. So here okay. we go. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Everyone have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at six. Bye-bye. See you guys. See you guys. Bye, Grant. <laughs> Later we can go to the pictures. Screw you, hippie. Ha, ha, ha.